Chapter Ten of Two Sides to Every Question by Maud Jean Frank. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kirsty. Chapter Ten: Temptation. The window was a small one, a little curtained window with a tiny valance above and a gathering of muslin below. But the blind was lifted, and between the waving branches of an acacia which drooped its white blossoms close at hand, more than one bright star was visible on the canopy of blue. Watching those stars with wide, wakeful, meditative eyes, which saw, and yet saw not, because of their inward musing, Tom Alton had apparently forgotten that the night was passing away, that the morning hours were nearing, and that when sleep did come there would be little time to indulge it. These wakeful hours were not usual to him. Night after night his head had scarcely touched the pillow when his senses were locked in the silken folds of balmy sleep and his cares or disquietudes, if he had any, lost in sweet oblivion. But to-night he was restless. His pillow was strangely uneasy, his eyes refused, absolutely refused to close, and he lay looking out through the softly waving branches of the acacia at the silent stars and the quiet calm moonlight, with anything but quiet or restful feelings. For it was not their beauty he was contemplating. He was fighting hard with his conscience, battling fiercely with temptation, and the quiet and the calm without rendered the inward warfare more audible. Things had gone on very prosperously with the Altons since their removal from the little house in the back street. The pure air and bright sunshine and flowers had done much for Mrs. Alton. They had brought back much of her usual cheerfulness, if with it no great amount of strength, and the dread that she would pass away from them was now a thing of the past. At least it was so with Tom. He still retained his situation in Mr. Clinton's office, having steadily advanced in his favour by his obliging manners and steady attention to business. The little sewing machine under Nettie's supervision still noisily did its work, but the work was quite equal to the noise, and brought in abundant orders for dainty toilets, the bride's trousseau or the layette for the first-born babe. Nettie never regretted the removal from that little closed street, or the shop work she had to relinquish. Her machine had never occasion to stand idle. Week in, week out, its unceasing clicking was heard, but Nettie could sit at the open window while her feet and her fingers were busy, breathing the fragrance of a wealth of flowers, and as she turned her wheel and stitched, she sang gaily all day long. More than once a quantity of work came into her from Clinton Park, but Elsie was still in Melbourne. She only saw the maid or Miss Clinton, and Nettie could see nothing particularly winning in her. She was very unlike her sister. "'Too much of the pride of wealth. That's it, Nettie,' said Tom one evening, as he sat at his bread-and-cheese supper, listening to his sister's lively and graphic description of Lily Clinton's visit. "'Those two sisters are very little alike,' he presently continued. "'I wonder whether Mr. Delta and Miss Elsie are engaged. I used to think they were.' "'And don't you know?' "'No. Can't say I do much. And yet I don't know why.' She is such a jolly long while in Melbourne, and I don't fancy that she'd stay away so long if they were engaged. Besides, he looks downhearted and pokey, according to my fancy. I expect it is fancy altogether, Tom, laughed his sister. I cannot believe that a man like Mr. Clinton, who thinks of little else but money and money's worth, would dream of giving his daughter away to her cousin, who, by all accounts, has not much of his own. Had not, but he's going up now. He's made some lucky strokes in mining shares, and he and the governor are mighty thick. So you see there is some good in shares and companies and specs of that sort after all, Nettie. They don't always fail. 
no it's perfectly true they don't nettie answered with a quick upward look at her brother who was cutting his cheese into infinitesimally small pieces but remember this tom it is a lottery in which there are both blanks and prizes and the blanks are in the majority always the way in every lottery answered tom carelessly as he rose from the table but for all that my dear old girl there never was a fellow frightened away by the fear of those blanks from trying his luck yet out of tom's weekly salary his mother had always insisted upon his retaining a portion for pocket money she would have given it all freely had it been needed for he was not very reckless with his money and he cared very little for spending it on his own account and he made but few acquaintances he had therefore his little private hoard to which he was slowly adding week after week and which he was wont to call the nucleus of his future wealth drop by drop makes the shower and sixpence after sixpence builds the fortune he would laughingly exclaim as he added his silver coins every saturday to the gradually accumulating heap and heard the silvery chink as he let it drop through the slit in the box what he intended to do with it all some future day he had not quite decided but it built a rosy future for him if it did nothing else it was scarcely likely however that tom could remain long in the neighbourhood of speculation without getting slightly infected by it delta's success had somehow or other oozed out as such things most mysteriously will his brighter looks his quick buoyant movements were commented on and his winnings in consequence estimated at a hundredfold more than they really were mining shares became rapidly all the thing and as there are generally plenty of companies and any amount of shares for those who choose to invest their money in that way the share market began decidedly to look up in the interval of more pressing business there was little else talked of in the office of clinton and co and no wonder that tom already possessed of sufficient money of his own to purchase a few shares felt nervously anxious to try his fortune one thing held him back his mother's strong feeling against speculation of any kind but mining ventures in particular he was sufficiently aware of their family history to understand that speculation in shares had been their ruin it happened so he thought it was just bad luck with father but that is no reason why it should be so with me why should not i win back the gold and position we have lost and restore my mother to the ease and comfort of her younger days but her soft hand her gentle words still held him back though he was strongly ah strongly tempted as he lay with his wide-awake gaze fixed on the morsels of brightness gleaming here and there through the white blossoms these thoughts were rolling like troubled surges over and over in his mind he was gathering no peace from their quiet gleaming no calm from the smooth unruffled vault of heaven in truth he saw neither twinkling stars nor waving branches nor snowy blossoms his thoughts were away in the share market and like arthur delta he was mentally doubling and trebling his gains before even the venture was made that evening he had come home restless and uneasy going away to bed at last with the plea of a headache a plea not altogether without foundation for the day's plotting and planning had overexcited him a youth in the same office two or three years his senior had been purchasing shares and that had intensified his desire to do the same once in the quiet and seclusion of his own room his first step had been to close and turn the key of the door his next to break open the lid of his deposit box and eagerly count up his savings was there sufficient or not for his purpose he had been so accustomed to drop in his mites at any and all times that he could really scarcely give even a rough guess at the total 
now as he eagerly bent over the little table arranging the bits of silver the shillings and the sixpences the threepenny pieces in order his cheeks flushed and his blue eyes glittering with expectation and hope he was astonished to find out how much more these casual savings of his amounted to than he had even dared to hope putting the money carefully back again into the box not mending the lid for obvious reasons but merely tying it together he undressed put out his light and went to bed but as we have said not to sleep hour after hour was faithfully told by the little clock in the front room the moon rose higher and higher in the heavens till its full clear light came through the acacia boughs in at the little window and fell in a silvery stream across the white matting on the floor then it as gradually receded and the stars paled in the heavens till at last the first grey dawn stole dreamily in and then tired out with his wakeful unrestful thoughts he slept poor fellow he was young in years to be so heavily battling with the world and its temptations how peacefully he slept the soft cheeks scarcely touched with down the light sunny hair curling up from a fair clear brow and the lips relaxed from the troubled expression they had lately worn by the balm of slumber what a pity that the thirst for gain and its accompanying care and trouble and anxiety should sully that clear brow or contract the quiet lines of those young lips alas tom alton boyish as he looked was entering the lists of those who make the acquirement of wealth their chief aim and already he was beginning to find it was not all pure gold it had its alloy one more step he had advanced he knew now that he had sufficient money to make a tiny venture the money was his own what was there to hinder money he had saved out of a thousand little acts of self-denial money too as he tried to urge to his conscience that must ultimately be speculated with in some form or shape in order to be of any benefit at all he had thought this all out during the silent night watches and his shares had produced fabulous results they had surrounded his mother and nelly with wealth and fortune and they no longer dreaded this speculation these shares might all prove prizes and no blanks what would they say to that but to what purpose was this reasoning with himself he had the money the shares were easily attainable ah but his mother's approbation was not and tom dearly loved his mother and thought everything of her advice and knowledge he could not bear to go counter to her wishes and yet when wealth seemed almost within his grasp it seemed so hard to give it all up so he slept at last a dreamless sleep it would have lasted far on into the morning but for the sun that came streaming in at his window through the still uplifted blind flooding the room with its glory even as the quiet moonbeams had silvered it a few hours back it reached his pillow and woke him with a start it seemed to him that he had only just fallen asleep and now the rattle of the teaspoons and the aroma of hot coffee told him it was by no means early it is not an easy thing to relinquish a snug warm cosy bed just when you are beginning to realize how snug and warm and cosy it is to turn out into the bustle and hurry and business of life when your eyelids scarcely seem to have closed upon them or your limbs to have rested from your labours of yesterday so tom felt but he knew also the necessity for action and springing from his bed he threw open his window letting in a flood of cool fresh fragrant air with the sunshine unrapidly dressed to be or not to be that was the question tom alton asked himself when at last his dressing and toilet complete he stood at his open drawer with his money before him he might have done a wiser thing than merely consulting his own weak understanding 
he was no stranger to the way in which his mother solved her knotty questions from his earliest boyhood he had known where she went for help and direction had he gone to the same safe guide had he asked the same help and wisdom from the fountain of all wisdom the saviour in every necessity he might have escaped much future sorrow but alas he had never done this and so he reasoned it all out with his conscience and the will proved too strong conscience was quieted tom went off to town with his money in his pocket mother won't mind after a bit he said to himself as he walked briskly to his business she needn't in fact know anything about it till it is a success and then she is sure not to mind if i do lose it it can't matter so very much i must save all the harder to make it up again it's such a splendid chance such another might never occur and if i win if the shares go up if the mine turns out as splendidly as they say it will why i shall be glad i made the venture and mother won't be sorry plausible enough but as we have said tom loved his mother and respected her wishes it was the first time he had gone so directly against them and as he paid in his money and wrote the required forms the share broker more than once looked fixedly at him noting his hesitating manner and changing colour has that boy come honestly by his money he said to himself as he watched him down the street and in at the office door there's no knowing to what lengths the mining mania will not drive men but it seems our very boys are becoming infected by it it was so in these past times of copper mining speculation is it any less so in these present days End of chapter ten